Welcome to the very first episode of the Ground Control Branching Out podcast, where we explore people's jobs, roles, projects, what makes them tick, and maybe I'll be throwing in the odd, let's say, unusual questions every now and again. I'm Neil Bailey, Learning and Development Partner here at Ground Control, and that means I am your charismatic, captivating, and of course, very humble host. In this episode, we are talking to Chris Howell, our CIO, and we talk about all sorts from taking risks, data, information, and of course, a sweet treat at the end. So let's all switch off and switch on again, and let's get straight into chatting to Chris. Right, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Chris, if you would, for uh, me and the listeners, just kind of introduce yourself. Well, hello. Um, hi, hi, Neil. Hello, everyone. My name's Chris Howell, and I'm the uh, Chief Information Officer at Ground Control, and I've been here about 14 months. So the opening question, as as is often the case, is, so what do you do? Um, my role at Ground Control is as the information word in my title yeah uh and in and in it there's a lot of titles around right you can be a chief technical officer you can be a chief information officer you can be a chief digital a chief data chief like cio cdio eiei anyway um but genuinely the information in there is uh kind of fundamental to what i believe about my role so i believe that my role and the role of my team is to put the information that my colleagues and my clients need in their hands so that they can make good decisions, better decisions, the right decision. And to some extent, it is as simple as that. And um, so, you know, it's about making it possible for everyone to do what they need to do to to kind of deliver on the mission. Yeah. Um, And then in terms of the specifics of my kind of, you know, the mission you know the the mission of this role at ground control at this time um there was a few things the scale up of ground control yeah how do you go from being a small a small you know small company where everyone knows each other's name and you're you know you kind of it's really really tight tightly knit and to some extent systems processes data is almost held in a collective memory so it's just it's things people know and then you start to get bigger and when you get bigger you don't you don't know everyone's name you know you don't you don't know anyone's everyone's name you don't know everyone's role and actually my mission is to help that kind of that scale up piece it's sometimes called digital transformation because it obviously Mm -hmm. relates to the kind of how are you connecting people up to their colleagues and to their uh, and to their information, whether or not they're out on a site in an office with a client, work, you know, kind of, you know, you know, working from whatever location they're working in. And to do that, I've also got to grow and develop my team. We have to, you know, you kind of, again, you're you're scaling up the technology team. So, you know, 10 years ago, it probably didn't matter if the computers were working overnight <laughs> it does now and it especially matters now we're recording this uh kind of in uh, in the autumn winter so yeah. you know computers aren't running overnight then we're probably not gritting something yes. uh you know so you know the kind of the changing nature uh, kind of of a business so kind of growing and developing my team and our ability to help transform ground control 
helping transform ground control for our kind of our colleagues and our clients. Um, And then, you know, kind of being a member of the kind of executive leadership team to help continue to evolve and transform the culture and the climate in which we operate and and kind of drive towards our our mission. So, um, yeah, that's 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 probably how I that's how I would describe what I do. Lovely. And in the period you've been with Ground Control, then, what are you most proud of? Uh, I am most proud of the adaptability and the resilience of my team. So I think when you're taking a team that was, I think my team, which is now about 55 people. Wow. It was was 15 people three years ago. (laughs) So... Yeah. But uh, that's an enormous like that's just an enormous amount of change period irrespective yeah. of what's going on and they are they have had to adapt to a new leader mm-hmm. i've then brought in other new leaders in my leadership team and alongside making sure things are working every day because everyone needs their email and their teams of course doing projects making changes you know and and so being able to have the world around you changing in terms of the people that you're working with and maybe some of the process that you're working on, changing, changing your leaders and and doing that in the context of a business that continues to grow, continues to challenge itself, wants to disrupt itself. Loads of enthusiasm from our colleagues around us. And, and you know, but with that enthusiasm comes some frustration, right? Because yes. You can never go as fast as your customer. So whether or not that's ground control with your clients, whether or not that's a technology function and your colleagues around yeah. the kind of the organization, you can never go as fast as customers needs and demands change faster than you can ever do it. So I am impatient. <clears throat> I'm a, you know, I'm a competitive driven, kind of highly energetic kind of individual so i always want to know where are we going next how far you know yeah uh and and the kind of the the attraction of ground control was always the ambition you know the the, you know the combination of the kind of the ambition and the mission and 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 so i'm i'm really proud of how they've stood up to those tests and those changes and i'm as you would expect we've had knocks things have gone well some things have gone terribly some things have gone okay um, and I'm very, very proud of the way that they are taking chances and taking risk, because I think that kind of whether or not you describe it as a growth mindset, whether or not you think about it in the context of delivering change in any way, in any organization, professional or otherwise. I'm a firm believer in, you know, you learn by trying and doing mm-hmm. and they have continued to do that. We, you know, we are still a kind of on our on our development path. But uh, yeah, most proud of the way my people have dealt with the, the, the you know, the kind of the amount of change both to them, for them and, and kind of for their colleagues. Yeah. How have you instilled that ability to take that risks and use that growth mindset? I, I think my, my, my first was I am instilling i wouldn't say i I wouldn't say we're all the way there yet i think there's 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 a number of bits and pieces i think how i choose to show up in all moments is super important right Mm -hmm. so it's relatively easy to instill um like take a chance take a risk if you're lucky right because they go your way (laughs) so you know the kind of the, the, the 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 really important part in terms of instilling that culture or that climate 
it's how you show up when it doesn't go your way. Because, yeah. you know, that how do you find that balance between, you know, we do need to hold ourselves to account. There should be, there, there's always something to learn from it. But equally, when you're walking around carrying a title like mine, if I look too frustrated, if I'm mm. overly sure on an email or a Teams message, you know, and, and I think, so how I choose to show up, um, I talk about it with the team. So I, probably every other town hall, uh, a town hall is where I get my whole team together kind of once a month to give them updates sure. on, on, on various bits and pieces. Um, I will talk about it. Right. Because I think it's one of those where, you know, it's 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 not an elephant in the room because I think people are aware of it. But and, and I think and I, and I think in ground control, there's there's a little bit of the risk aversion, so to speak, because I think there's a huge drive to to do well and to yeah. do as do as well as you can for your client and your colleague uh, and your kind of your your you know your line manager or you know the kind of your seniors. But if you haven't had experience of trying really hard, it going wrong, yeah, and it being okay, then the fear of being wrong is just like it's a really it's a really natural thing, and it and it will occur. I mean, you know, this is probably what the sixth different organisation I've I've worked in over my career. And it and it happens all the time. Like mm-hmm. people people want to do a good job, therefore they are afraid of making a mistake. Um, and there and, and ultimately, if you're afraid of making a mistake, you you kind of might miss out on the chance. So talking to the team about it, when when the team have chosen to take a chance, and then whether or not something went right or wrong, reflecting that back to them. So whether or not that is actually at the subsequent town hall or on an email, just going, by the way, that's a great example of the thing that I was talking about. And then it's about the, the people that I recruit and put into roles of leadership and management because ultimately that when I talk about how I show up there's how I show up there's how everyone in my team like all all of those pieces around uh, and kind of we talk about it but I think it is yeah mainly pointing at it talking at it and (laughs) and 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 describing that for people because it's really easy when you're in my job to say take a risk to someone who's an engineer who wants to develop a piece of software that's going to help, but all they can imagine is a field team not being able to deliver a service for a client on a day. And I'm like, no, 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 be fine. Yeah. There's 700 of that. You know, there's 700 <laughs> teams. If one doesn't work every day, they're like, what? You know, you've got, you've got to recognize that I'm afforded the, the kind of the, afforded the privilege of a position where I can take that kind of perspective. And therefore it's just, yeah, constant nudge activity. Uh, and then kind of and, and how have you it. learned to think like that or, or have you always been like that in terms of uh, risk re- uh, I mean I've been really lucky over my years to make some her- you know I- I've made some I've had some very challenging mistakes failures right. or whatever and I'm still here uh, and I've got a really <laughs> interesting I, I've got a really interesting job I have um you know I, I feel whenever I reflect back on my kind of career if I if if I think back to one at tesco.com uh run up to Christmas so about this time of year two issues reported one is uh we've had some customers say they're not getting their wine orders uh the other one being we've got some slow performance on the grocery website when people are updating their shopping basket for their christmas delivery Mm -hmm. i've got enough resource to fix one 
or investigate it to investigate one not even fix yeah. it so i picked the grocery one because it's like well that's the main part of our business wine mm-hmm. is on the side there was a problem we did identify it we did fix it the website performed really well for that christmas the wine one we didn't investigate until three or four days later by that point we had attempted to ship about quarter of a million pounds worth of wine and it just gone into a, the messages had kind of gone into a black. Oh no, the the systems have been thought they'd been shipping quarter of a million pounds worth of wine. Yeah, yeah we hadn't been. So that missed. So you got refunds and compensation. So that choice absolutely for certain cost Tesco.com three quarters of a million pounds. Wow. Now I don't know what the grocery thing would have been worth yes. if I'd have done it the other way around. Yeah, but you know those two things and the career carried on and I didn't like the work the building. But I think it is. It's all about whether or not you've had that learned experience of the setback, the knockback, and then you kind of, it turns out okay. But that is a, yeah, when you you sit here, you know, when I sit here now and kind of reflect what's like 23 years into my career, you just feel really lucky that Mm -hmm. that, those things happened when they happened. And, you know, and I know people say, oh, you make your own luck and all that stuff. But actually, I think luck is a thing, right? Sometimes you are lucky and sometimes you are not lucky. And you mustn't overdo it. So you yeah. shouldn't believe, you know, you shouldn't believe your own press. It's like, <laughs> basically, you know, whatever it's like, you know, there's a baseline ability. Yeah. And there's luck either way, right? Um, reading a fantastic book by a guy called Daniel Kahneman, I think, called Thinking Fast and Slow. And he, I mean, he talked, mm-hmm. he talked about it in there, right? So this, that, that isn't, and, you know, and, it's, and he uses the example of professional golfers. Yeah. It's like, how is it that the same golfer over four days on the same golf course can be unbelievable for two days and terrible for two? And he's like, well, yeah. there's a baseline set of ability and then there's luck. Yeah. And and humans apparently have a fundamental tendency to avoid or under understate, undervalue the influence of luck in any of our decisions. Interesting. You know? But yeah, I know that's why. Yeah. I can encourage people to take a charm because I have taken chances. They haven't always gone my way, but it turns out all right in the end. But there's a wonderful word that was made up by, I think it was a sports show uh, on a Saturday morning, which refers to bounce back ability. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I mean, these days we talk about resilience, but it is that kind of, it's such an, I mean, it's such a useful life skill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now let's face it. Things change frequently, change a lot, changes ever increasing, and particularly in kind of your area around yeah. tech, data, information. Yeah. So over the next, whatever it would be, year, two years, however far you even want to think about, what are you excited about? Uh, everything. Uh, I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Uh, no, I mean, genuinely. The, uh, Short and sweet. I, I mean, well, I think, I mean, what? With what we do at Ground Control, there's so, I mean, there honestly, there are so many things to be excited about. That was, I remember the conversation I had with Brian Smith, who's our uh, kind of business development director, yeah. in my recruitment process. Uh, and he was talking to me about like the, whether or not it's B corridors, or if you imagine the street where, you know, we happen to do the school, the fire station, the power station, we do a little bit of work on the railway that goes over it. Talking about the vision or the idea that actually, if we're supporting some or all of them, and we understand that environment, yeah, how, how we go, well, actually, if you all planted this grass, 
then that could do this thing for those insects right. and that'll do that for the ecosystem and that'll do this and that'll do that and you just kind of go that's amazing mm-hmm. and and then i kind of go well actually practically that's all about the data that you can collect and how you can structure it and how you can share it and, and then you can collaborate and i'm there going well hang on that's we're already doing that and we've been doing that for 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, it might not all be in the digital form, but it's like we've had people going out to these sites day after day, month after month, year after year. And for a long time, we've even been taking photos of them. Yeah. So as a kind of a, as a, the potential, if me and the team and the wider organization at Ground Control, if we can really harness the value of, of that information, and then use that to deliver better for our clients and you know and make every environment a better place than when we find it that is i mean it's a real problem right i mean mm. like genuinely the environment sustainability the biodiversity and stuff like that you know nature is so very important to all of us and it's so very rare to have a role in my industry or my profession where you can directly make a difference yeah and help make a difference and and differences and, and a little difference every day you know it's not yeah, it's not sure. going to be a big thing but yeah so in but so in terms of that that repository of data and then when you think about the way that technology advancing and how it affords the opportunity to kind of augment our own decision making our productivity you know they're kind of an act as a multiplier for how we improve things i think that makes me very excited and i think it's very exciting to be in my role because i think to some extent it's unavoidable that technology and data has a role to play in this which you kind of go okay cool and then you go and then someone turns around and goes yeah but how are we going to do it and you go well, absolutely no idea <laughs> but i'm working very hard on learning enough to make you know to kind of sound credible yeah. and do that yeah i mean and and i mean it, it sounds trite almost but excited about everything because there is so much opportunity the challenge for i think for all of us at ground control in in the exec and and certainly for me and my role is there are so many good ideas yes that it's about choosing what we don't do because there are so many good ideas and then we've got to pick a few and be and and, and to be honest as I was saying like take a risk like we've mm. got to pick a few yep. and then take a risk that the few we've selected one or two of them will then be lucky yeah because you know you can't you put the same effort in on five different initiatives but then a spectacularly good competitor might appear and then that's it. You kind of like you, you you put three years into an initiative, and then someone goes ta-da, and you're like, oh yeah, okay. Um, well, that's a thing. Um, you know, but but you know, so genuinely, we we could do what we think everything. You know, we could do everything right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for those people listening, I I, I did do bunny ears. Um, <laughs> you know, but but it's about the ecosystem. It's about your clients. It's about the it's about the economy. It's about your field teams. It's it's yeah, so it's exciting, but it is that excitement tinged with that level of nervousness and butterfly where you're like, no, this is leading edge development zone, you know, right on that, you know, the kind of it's it's definitely outside of comfort zone. And I, yeah. and I think that's true. It's definitely true for me. And, and I think it's broadly true for the majority of people at Ground Control yeah. too. Now, at the end of every episode, I'm going to be asking, let's say, a slightly left field question, just a 
get into that brain matter of every guest. For you, I thought let's go, let's go cooking just for the hell of it, just because. For you, Chris, what would you say is your signature dish? There's a lemoncello trifle that I will be making Ooh. again uh, this Christmas that my family and actually my aunt, who is, I would say, the best cook in our family. Yeah. Yep. She liked and she asked for the recipe. So for oh. me, that that <laughs> lemoncello, lemoncello trifle, so Pandora cake, you make your syrup out of lemoncello, a little bit of sugar syrup and some yep. blueberries, uh, mascarpone, lemon curd, cream, uh and kind of just layer and it's a lovely 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 thing i mean you know to be fair we probably should credit uh gino because it's his recipe okay it's not it's not it's not mine but uh gino de campo and it is it's stunning it's really good sounds amazing well we need to draw this to a close it's been an absolute delight chris thank you so much for your time oh no it's been lovely lovely to chat to you thank you and there we have it. Who knew that data was such a good accompaniment for limoncello? Thanks for listening. Please do like, subscribe, share, and until next time, take care.